Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, which is 1-800-259-9231. As we kick off hour number one, it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Inviting you to our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are for free, so just enjoy those on us. That, again, is freetalklive.com. Start out the show tonight with a story about the iPod. Now, for those of you who don't know, uh, the iPod... Uh, Does anyone possibly not know what an iPod is? I think people in the older generations may not be aware. It's, it's certainly a, a tool of the younger crowd. It's, it's a uh, Walkman without the cassette tape in it. It has the uh, permanently attached cassette tape that's much, much bigger than a cassette tape. Instead of 10 songs or 15 songs, you can put 10 or 1,500 songs on yeah. it. It's, uh, it's an MP3 player, as it is called, and um, a lot of people have these. In fact, the iPod is probably the, more recogni- the most recognizable of all of the MP3 players out there. It's got a huge marketing campaign behind it. If you live in New York City or a major city in America, you've no doubt seen their advertisements on the sides of buses and billboards and so on and so forth. There are, of course, other MP3 players out there um, made by a variety of companies, everything from SanDisk to Philips to uh, even lesser-known companies, just, you know, Chinese companies, Chinese manufacturers. So there's a ton of MP3 players out there. There's there, there's a ton of MP3, MP3 manufacturers out there, too. Right, which is which makes this article... And what's going on with the uh, with this with with Apple and the iPod just unbelievable? It, let me get into it from Wired.com. Updated iPods confirm Apple's monopoly. Say lawyers, I can't even believe this is this is happening. Nice headline. But I guess in the uh, the this crazy just bass backwards world that we live in, people think that Apple has a monopoly on. Digital music? People think that a monopoly can exist without government intervention. That's where the real problem comes in. Look, here, I'm going to make a statement. Without the government, you cannot have a monopoly. Without the government intervention in a particular area, there's no such thing as a monopoly. There has never been in the United States of America and one single solitary example of a monopoly that did not exist without the government's help. There have been companies that have approached a significant market share. Sure, in the Standard Oil is a great example. In the 90th percentile, but that's Microsoft. only because... But that's only because they were offering products and services that people wanted and were voluntarily purchasing. Uh, the Once those companies got big enough, they felt like they could increase their profit margins because, well, heck, heck everybody has to come to us anyway. And then that's when the opportunity uh, presented itself for smaller companies to give better service, lower prices, you know, some other thing that they could provide to the client that the client wanted. We can certainly get back to talking about uh, monopolies and course of monopolies versus market monopolies and that sort of thing. But let's look at how absurd the position of these lawyers is first. Sure. Wired reports that the press was not alone in drooling over Apple's latest line of digital music players unveiled this week. Lawyers were use, uh, suing the Cupertino, California-based gadget maker, said the new devices bolster their antitrust case, accusing Apple of trying to monopolize the markets for digital music players and on online music sales, saying, quote, the inability of the new line to play competing formats is part of the case, said Gregory Weston, an attorney with one of the nation's premier class action firms. Uh, quote, that is evidence that the company is acting like a monopolist and not competitive. 
The class action firm says like their, that like their predecessors, Apple's latest iPods will not play music encoded in Microsoft's competing Windows Media Audio. So these people are complaining that Apple, a smaller company than Microsoft, will not play Microsoft's um, music playing format? Are they smaller than Microsoft? Probably, but... Uh, uh, very like You know, they certainly don't have anywhere near the, the that's market what share of computers. Yeah. Well, that's compl- ludicrous. Yes, it is. This is well, this is a big company using its power and influence, using the uh, the, the court's to get what they want over a little company. This now, is wait a the exact I don't think, opposite. Hold on. I don't think Microsoft is actually... I, from what I understand, this isn't Microsoft that's doing this. I wonder if Microsoft is funding these people behind the scenes. Well, the class action firm says, uh, again, they're not including the WMA format. Uh, so there's MP3. See, in, digi- in the world of digital audio, there are different formats. Should that are- Chevy be required um, that all their cars are made so that Ford parts fit on them? Should HD DVD manufacturers be required to make it so their discs can play in Blu-ray, uh, Blu-ray players? Or should the player manufacturers make it so that they can play every single disc that's uh, stuck into them? Is it monopolistic to not do, to not do that? Is should it monopolistic Sony? not to um, take a, you know, a regular VHS tape or an old beta tape? This is, it's ludicrous. Should Sony uh, PlayStation be required to play uh, Microsoft's games? The Xbox? The, the Xbox games? No. I mean, this no. Is, that's what this, these people are essentially saying here. And in addition, well, let me go on. Here's what the article says. Apple's players are capable of playing these files, but disables them with crippleware in order to force iPod and Nano owners to buy songs from iTunes, the suit alleges. Look iPod owners have not been forced to buy songs from iTunes. iPod owners chose to purchase the iPod from a wide selection of market choices. My, are, choice, I, my understanding is that iTunes is very easy to use, and that's what that's I don't the, know. That, that's my understanding. I've heard I've heard both sides. I, I, certainly, then if it was hard to use, people wouldn't use it. Okay, you true. understand, right? Um, and it's also my understanding that the iPod may not play the Windows Media files, the WMA format that we were talking about, mm-hmm. but it does convert them itself. So Is that true? That, I don't know it's that. My, it's my, you know, I, I don't have an iPod. I don't care to give Apple my money for that um, extraordinarily expensive piece of equipment. If I wanted an MP3 player, I would go out and buy one from one of the smaller MP3 companies. To me, it doesn't matter if the iPod converts the files or not. There are certainly other programs you can get to convert, convert those files, but beyond all that... The people who chose to buy the iPod selected the iPod from a wide selection of op- a wide bunch of options. Uh, there are thousands of different options out there for MP3 players that, that you can purchase, and most of them, most of them support both uh, both formats and more than that. Most of them support WMA and MP3. The iPod is one of the few that doesn't support both formats. So. Your smart consumers that are looking to play these Microsoft files will not choose the iPod. The iPod purchasers bought the iPod for whatever reasons they wanted to. Maybe they love Apple products. Maybe they like the style of the iPod. Maybe they... Whatever. There are some stylish uh, iPods, or excuse me, MP3 players out there, and iPod is certainly one of them. No one has been forced to purchase an iPod. Therefore, no one has been, by proxy, forced to buy songs from iTunes. Apple, it says, the article, could uh, license the WMA format for Microsoft for less than two cents per iPod, say the lawyers, which would make iPods and iPhones old and new compatible with mu- uh, music purchased online from rivals like Walmart, Napster, Best Buy, Yahoo, and others. Most downloads sold by those companies are WMA files wrapped with Digital Rights Management, or DRM, codes that limit copying and set expiration dates on files from services that have monthly subscription charges. 
Apple sets its iPhone and iPods apart by making its devices the only ones that play Apple's own protected digital format, the FairPlay Modified Advanced Audio Coding, or AAC format. So we're already talking about three different formats here. Apple uses the FairPlay format on most downloads from its iTunes Music Store, where more than 2 billion songs have been purchased. Apple announced a range of new gadgets on Wednesday, including a 16-gigabyte iPod that resembles the iPhone, a 160-gigabyte iPod Classic, and a new version of the iPod Nano. Reporters dubbed the new gadgets delicious, elegant, and stylish, but the lawyer, whose firm helped bring down Enron after disclosure of the energy company's accounting irregularities, labeled labeled the devices anti-competitive products. This guy is an idiot. He's just he's either an idiot or he's a snide scheming lawyer, a scumbag. Yeah, probably the la- uh, the latter. Recently, large uh, record companies and online music catalogs, including Apple's iTunes, have started experimenting with selling unprotected MP3s, which are playable on nearly all digital music devices, including Apple's. Some online services that offer music from independent artists and smaller labels have sold unprotected files for years. Now, now let's not forget for just a second um, that you may not necessarily um, even an MP3 may not be music. It may be audio. Like, for instance, Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. We put up our um, archives in MP3 format. If we had to put them up in every single format out there, it would be crazy. It would mean more work for me every single night. It would be 50 different formats. God knows how many there would be. Um, You wouldn't be able to record your professor in college class and and listen to it later or anything like that. MP3 format, really great. And the fact that it's you know not protected or anything like that, I know that these lawyers would love to get their little claws into that and, and make it so that, well, we can't have the MP3 format anymore. It's not protected. Some other jerk said, while the unanswered question is whether what they're doing is exclusionary and anti-competitive, that is still the basic question. Does anyone else out there have the same questions that these lawyers do? Is anyone else confused and actually thinks that Apple is a monopolist? This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition, and you can bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. The single CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. That's 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. If you have missed a moment of the show, never fear. We've got them all archived for you right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience. Free Talk Live archives going back an entire year. Those other radio talk show hosts, they want to charge you, you know, five, six, seven bucks a month to access their archives. Ours are free. So enjoy. FreeTalkLive.com. And if you or perhaps someone you know needs a primer on some of the subjects we talk about here on Free Talk Live, you should check out Liberty Radio Underground. It's an elementary introduction to libertarianism, and each show concisely handles a single topic in less than 10 minutes. It's great for someone who's new to Liberty. So go to LibertyRadioUnderground.com today and grab an episode. That's LibertyRadioUnderground.com. He has a great episode up now that's on foreign policy and war, and I would recommend it to anyone. Super. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's jump right into the phone calls here, talking about Apple and a group of lawyers that is claiming that Apple is acting as a monopolist by not allowing the Windows Media audio format to be played by the iPod. Which uh, and <laughs> one more thing here before we go on uh, with the calls. Here's a quote from one of the lawyers. It says here the suit. 
the suit alleges that Apple customers were economically harmed because once they bought an iPod and purchased music at the iTunes store, they were locked forever into buying iPods? That's ludicrous, for one. There's plenty of people that get uh, some, some of their music from the um, iTunes store. And then some people who buy an iPod who never buy anything from the iTunes store. That's uh, No, it's a lie. What that guy's saying is a lie. And this, uh, the, the, whoever wrote this article... It's ridiculous for a hundred different reasons. I mean, this is it's just bad reporting. Apple said in court briefs, forcing Apple to deal with rivals may lessen the incentive for Apple or rivals to innovate and invest in economically beneficial facilities. It would require antitrust courts to act as central planners, identifying the proper price, quantity, and other terms of dealing, a role for which they are ill-suited. Yeah. And I agree completely yeah, with that. Absolutely true. It, it's nuts that uh, Apple should allow every kind of format out there, and they largely do allow every kind of format to play on their little iTunes or iPod player. It, can we? Should we sue Saab because every um, you know every other car company's wheels don't fit on their hubs? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> should we sue the tire manufacturers because every tire doesn't fit on my the hub yeah. of my car? No, it's there's absurd. different sizes, there's different things, and, and you know that. It, it's ludicrous. I, I can't imagine there'd be anybody out there listening that agrees with the lawyers in this case. But if you're out there, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe you can make a better point than they are. 800-259-9231. Apple isn't even close to being a monopoly. Not even close. To be a monopoly, you have to have a 100% control over a given market. That's, I mean, that's pretty much the definition of a monopoly. Yes. And in order to get 100% control over a given market, you have to have the government granting it to you. Right. You have I'll, to have the government to protect some, you from competition. I'll rattle off some monopolies for you. Your power company is a monopoly. It is the only company from which you can get electricity. Now, you may be able to go out and buy a solar, solar panel, but it's the power company. They are mm-hmm. the only one who can deliver power down the telephone line you can't to change, you. Or down the uh, uh, power line. can't change companies to another power company. Why? Though, because the government, either in your state or in your county, has decided that's your power company. Thank you very much. Yeah. The cable company. The water company, which is probably the government. Now, the cable Trash company... Trash pickup, likely. Now, to be fair, though, the cable company has been worked around by the marketplace. Well, the power company has, too. I can put up solar cells all over my right. property if I want to, and I can make and I can go off the grid, but as still, they say. But still, it's not optimal. It's not the free marketplace. It's just no. the market trying to come... It's the desperately market, trying to come up with other solutions. It's the market working around a government-instituted monopoly. Exactly. The only, the only way a monopoly can exist... Please call in with some example of a monopoly that did not exist without government intervention. Would love to Hear that? 800-259-9231. In the meantime, we go to the phones. Talk to Puke in New Hampshire on the amplifier line. Hey, Puke. Good evening, gentlemen. What's on your mind? Uh, maybe five years ago, I purchased my first MP3 player, and it was made by a company, a Korean company called iRiver. And wait a minute, you mean you weren't uh, Apple didn't come by and point a gun at your head and force you to buy an iPod? Believe it or not, no. Huh. Um, I actually back then thought the iPods were not worth my money. Okay. Um, but my, my tune has changed since then. iRiver created, or they have a partnership with Microsoft in which the way to get music onto their players is to use Microsoft's uh, media player. And that sort of started to bother me after a few years. And then iPod, or Apple came out with a better iPod that played video and had a color screen and all this. And uh, so I'd say about a year ago, I purchased an iPod, and I love it because it, it works really well. But the lawyers are saying that now you have to buy iPods from now on. Right, but the, see, that's not true because all of my music, when I owned an iRiver, was on an external hard drive. And all I did was 
attach that external hard drive to my new computer and use iTunes to convert it into their AAC format. Okay, so, so iTunes does convert things then. Yeah, it's true the iPod does not play the Windows media file, but it doesn't mean that you cannot use your Windows media file <laughs> to get them onto the iPod. You just have to convert them. And also, I have hardly any music that I purchased off of iTunes uh, because most of my music is CDs. You can still go out and buy any CD you want and convert it and put it onto the iPod. Now, will this iTunes is, allow you to do that? Can you pop a CD in your drive and rip it down to your computer in iTunes? Oh, absolutely. You can do anything like that. I mean, there's there's nothing that I know of that the iPod won't allow you to put on to the device. It's just that it converts it into a format that Apple deems necessary, just like the iRiver wouldn't let me use you know, iTunes to put music onto that particular player, you know. Ha ha, puke, they've tricked you. Now you're one of their corporate slaves. Soon you'll be working in the Apple mines. Ha ha ha. It's a a shame that they make a a better product and continually improve it and won me over after a couple years of using a iRiver product, so... Puke, thanks for the expertise. That's all lies. Appreciate the call. Thank you, sir. I mean, this has to be the most absurd lawsuit of the year. There is absolutely well, what's nothing absurd? to uh, back up their claims. It's these an lawyers. absurd article, too, because the, the reporter isn't being fair at all. Well, they, they tried to contact Apple, but they didn't get a, a call back, apparently. So they had to actually quote what Apple said from court documents. So I think that the, the article's somewhat fair. I don't think it's taking a side on this. But it, what they're reporting isn't true. I mean, well, They're reporting on what the lawyers are claiming. That's yeah. what they're reporting on. Well, and that's news, because there, there really is a, uh, an antitrust case here. So, I mean, this is a news article okay. about a group of lawyers that's suing Apple in the name of the consumer. You must, your iPods must play every single format known to man. Otherwise, we're going to call you a monopolist. I mean, this is just nuts. So, and it just totally shows that most people in this country do not understand what monopoly, uh, what monopolies are. I mean, I imagine there are people that will read this article and be shocked. What? These evil corporations, they're trying to control us all. When, in fact, you've had choice all along. You were able to choose to purchase the iPod or not to purchase the iPod. And those who chose the iPod got what they got. And apparently what they got, according to Puke, is a device that plays virtually anything. Yes. Yeah, you might have to convert the files, but you can still play the music. It, the, the, fi- the, uh, the software that comes with it converts the... Um, converts the file automatically. You right. just drag and drop the right. WMA file into your iTunes thing, and, and it converts it into an AACP or whatever file. 1-800-259-9231. On the way, gun control. And we've got somebody on the line that wants to talk about knife laws. I imagine that might mean knife control laws as well, which we know that Great Britain is currently attempting to implement. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want. This is the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. That's 800-259-9231. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition, and it's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online, freetalklive.com. The Shrine of Female listeners is there. Dozens of ladies have sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. Shrine.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy, so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. Let's go to the phones to the fun. Justin in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Justin. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind? Yeah, in my county... You can be arrested if you have a knife longer than your hand. Okay. The blade? If it's you mean if you're carrying the knife or if you just have it in your house? If it's just a folding knife, if you're just carrying a knife in your pocket, just a simple folding knife. Let's say you have a hunting knife you carry with you sometimes. Let's say you need to like to cut some bosses or something. You know, if it's mm-hmm. longer than your hand, it will be you could be arrested for it and get four years for it. My goodness. Four years. That's outrageous. As though you can't do any damage with a four inch blade, right? There's where that's where most of the rules are. It's like four inches is the maximum that you can that you can have. As though yeah. that, that's not going to kill somebody. Yeah, I mean it doesn't make any sense. We give there are car accidents all the time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But yet, do we take away the cars when somebody dies? When somebody dies they, they, people get hysteria, more repressive laws come in. Well, somebody could make the argument that you need the cars to live, but you don't need a knife. Right. If you take the knives away from um, everyone, only the outlaws are going to have the knives left. Oh, you know? of course. But, you know, I just don't think it makes any sense. No, of course not. But what you know it does I mean? make sense for is the politicians, so they can stand up and have a nice symbolic law that they can pass that won't actually do anything to uh, to reduce crime, but will reduce your freedom. That's what politicians are all about, is symbolism. I think it increases crime. If I know that somebody doesn't have a knife in their pocket, I might be that much more likely to rob them. Well, now, hold on. It doesn't prevent knives totally. It only prevents knives over the, you know, four inch limit. Mm-hmm. So it's actually uh, it doesn't stop people from having knives in their pockets. That's what they're trying to do in Great Britain, and we'll talk about them some other time. But uh, what it does do is it allows the politicians to get up on a podium and say, today here in Maryland we've passed a law that has required people to no longer carry the huge blades around with them, and this is going to put a stop to all of the stabbings that we've seen here in Maryland today. And uh, it'll make it sound like they're doing something important, when in fact in fact, um, all they're doing is restricting your freedom. Thank you. Thanks, Justin. Appreciate the call. 800-259-9231. Speaking of restricting freedom, and on the uh, the topic of if you outlaw knives, then only outlaws will have knives. Mm-hmm. Here in the United States, here in America, they aren't really, they're not really too anti-knife. At least the politicians. The politicians haven't really gone on a knife confiscation crusade or anything like that. But they have gone on a gun confiscating crusade, and they have gone on a uh, you know legislative uh, party passing all kinds of legislation uh, to prevent people from owning firearms. Right. In America. This is really the uh, it's sort of an offshoot of the gun disarmament, the victim disarmament laws out there to take the guns away from everyone. Well, you know the politicians say, well, we've gone about just about as far as we can on guns without uh, really having to uh, take this Second Amendment thing to the Supreme Court. Don't want to do that, so let's go after knives. I know people hurt each other with knives. Pretty 
pretty soon they're going to come after uh, mag flashlights, uh, you know, baseball. <laughs> they already do come after baseball bats. If you have just a baseball bat in your car, you don't have a glove a ball. and a ball. Um, That's in, a weapon. In some places, you can get in trouble for that. Amazing. It's ludicrous. I, I would guess New York City would be one of those. I, I mean, fortunately, you can still carry a tire iron in your car, but I, I suspect the laws are coming out against that, too. Well, again, they aren't really making moves on knives here. That's what they're doing over in the United Kingdom. They had a knife amnesty last year where they asked people to come and turn their knives in. You're only allowed to have knives. Now, if you're going to be cooking with them, and even then, I, don't, I think there are even some restrictions on that now. I mean, that's just nuts. But let's look at some interesting statistics from John Lott uh, at LewRockwell.com. I'm talking about Washington, D.C. In asking the Supreme Court to let the District of Columbia ban handguns, the city has a simple argument. Whatever one thinks of the Second Amendment, banning handguns is a reasonable regulation to protect public safety, say they. The problem for the city is that anyone who can look up the crime numbers... Hold on, can I read the Second Amendment before we go on with the uh, reasonable... Oh, that old thing. ...regulation? Just, it says right here, The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, that's just part of it, obviously. There's something about a well-regulated militia. But the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Tell me about your regulations now. He was talk- They were talking about the arms on your body, Mark. Clearly, you just misinterpreted it. I don't think they were. They were yeah. talking about militia before that. The militias, you know, are they, are they exclusive to having Isn't arms? Isn't that like a dinner club or something? Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. Of course. Uh, yeah, I'm totally with you on the Second Amendment and carrying guns and all that. But, uh, but but that's the problem here, Mark, is that it's all about the interpretation. Sure. And the politician's interpretation and the interpretation of men wearing robes in courtrooms matters more than you and I. Well, the Constitution wasn't written for lawyers to interpret. The Constitution was written so that the regular people could read it. And I read that, and by the sounds of it, the government can't do anything to regulate my See, it arms. doesn't matter, though, what you think. You aren't the one who's in charge, and you aren't the one with armies of men with guns at your disposal. We call them the police. Mm. Uh, anyway, he goes on. He says that uh, all you have to do is look at the crime numbers to see that D.C.'s violent crime rate went up and not down after their handgun ban. But the politicians don't care about that either. D.C. notes that criminals like to use handguns to commit crimes, and we all want to disarm criminals. But as long as one recognizes the possibility of self-defense, at best, the city's claim can only be part of the story. As with all gun control laws, the question is ultimately whether it is the law-abiding citizens or the criminals who are most likely to obey the law. If law-abiding citizens are the ones who, who turn their guns in and not the criminals, crime rates can go up, right. not down. Because criminals aren't going to give up their guns. Surprise, surprise. The city's brief focuses only on murder rates in discussing crime in D.C., yet in the five years before Washington's ban in 1976, the murder rate fell from 37 to 27 per 100,000 people. In the five years after the ban went into effect, the murder rate rose back up to 35. But there's one fact that seems particularly hard to ignore. D.C.'s murder rate fluctuated after 1976, but has only once fallen below what it was in 1976. And that happened years later in 1985. Does D.C. really want to argue that the gun ban reduced the murder rate? Similarly for violent crime, from 1977 to 2003, there were only two years when D.C.'s violent crime rate fell below the rate in 1976. These drops and subsequent increases were much larger than any changes in uh, neighboring Maryland and Virginia. For example, D.C.'s murder rate fell 3.5 to 3 times more than in the neighboring states during the five years before the ban, and then rose back 3.8 times more in the five years after it. D.C.'s murder rate also rose relative to that in other similar Similarly sized cities. 
Surely, D.C. has had many problems that contribute to crime, but even cities with far better police departments have seen crime soar in the wake of handgun bans. Chicago has banned all handguns since 1982. Indeed, D.C. points to Chicago's ban to support its own ban. But the gun ban didn't work at all when it came to reducing violence. Chicago's murder rate fell from 27 to 22 per 100,000 in the five years before the law, and then rose slightly to 23. The change is even more dramatic when comparing five, uh, compared to five neighboring Illinois counties. Chicago's murder rate fell from being 8.1 times greater than its neighbors in 1977 to 5.5 times in 1982 when they passed the law. After the law got passed banning guns, then Chicago's murder rate, or excuse me, uh, yes, their murder rate went up to, way up to 12 times greater in 1987. So before these laws are passed, the murder rates were going down because right. people could defend themselves. Then they passed these laws, and the murder rates went back up. Taking a page from recent Supreme Court cases, D.C. points to gun bans in other countries as evidence that others think that gun bans are desirable. But the experience in other countries, even island nations that have gone so far as banning guns and where borders are easy to monitor, should give D.C. and its supporters some pause. Not only didn't violent crime and homicide decline as promised, but they actually increased. DC's brief specifically points to Great Britain's handgun ban from back in 1997. Now, the number of deaths and injuries from gun crime in England and Wales increased 340% in the seven years from 1998 to 2005. The rates of serious violent crime, armed robberies, rapes, and homicide have also soared. You take guns out of the hands of individuals, and they can no longer protect themselves and their families. Are you a gun banner? We want to hear from you. 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. The live Saturday show. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com where there's an auction going on. You can place a bid on our second banner on the website. See, we give away all the features on the site for free, so this is one of the ways that you can not only help support Free Talk Live, but also promote your business at the same time or promote your favorite service or band or whatever idea, your website. Anyway, the uh, current bid is at 53 bucks. There's just under two days remaining on the auction. You'll get the second banner on the site for an entire month. Probably for less than a hundred bucks if it keeps going at this rate, but you know, there's know. no way, no way at all to predict um, what yeah, it's going to go to. It's gone as high as 150 in the past, right. and as low as 50. So that's the way to predict it. Place your bids at auction.freetalklive.com. We're talking about gun violence and gun bans more specifically, because the political. Uh, popular political position seems to be that, well, the more restrictions government places on guns, the safer we'll all be. Guns are dangerous. We need to get them out of people's hands. That way we can't hurt each other. But that doesn't actually seem to hold up to reality. No. How in the world are you going to get back the millions and millions of guns We're that are in the United States? We're going to give them coupons. States. We'll give them a free... Uh, free pizza and stuff. Yeah, free pizza and a <laughs> pair of shoes. That'll get the gangsters out to turn in their weapons. <laughs> the gangsters with their guns can take your pizza and your shoes and your wallet and everything you've got. Mm. Your pizza and shoe method stinks. John Lott at... Uh, LootRockwell.com is, I, he's running through some numbers here from Chicago and Washington, D.C., as well as Great Britain, and pointing out that in these areas, 
in Chicago and D.C., for instance, prior to their implementation of handgun bans, their murder rates were actually falling. Then they implemented the handgun bans, and the murder rates went up. And same thing in Great Britain. Uh, in Great Britain in 1997, they implemented a handgun ban. After that, in the next seven years, their gun crime rates increased 340%. 340%. And that's just for gun crime. The rates of serious violent crimes like armed robberies, rapes, and homicide have also soared. Which all could, you know, to some extent, have a chance of being uh, prevented if you have, are allowed to carry a gun on you. That's correct. Now, he doesn't mention it here, but as I recall... After they had implemented this uh, gun ban in Great Britain, the criminals became more brazen than they ever had in the past. They would start uh, barging into people's homes while they were at home. Right. Instead of waiting for the marks to leave and then going in and uh, robbing their home, uh, they would just go right in because they knew that there was a very, very, very small chance that this law-abiding family would have kept the guns that they, that you know, that had then become illegal at that point. So they knew they could just waltz right in, point a gun at uh, the head of the household, and clean them out. That's what they did. Mm. The Republic of Ireland, according to John Lott, banned and confiscated all handguns and all centerfire rifles back in 1972. But murder rates rose fivefold just two years later in 1974. And in the 20 years after the ban, that is, uh, and in the 20 years after the ban has averaged 114% higher than the pre-ban rate, never falling below at least 31% higher. Jamaica banned all guns in 1974, but murder rates almost doubled from 11.5 per 100,000 in 1973, four years later, to 19.5 out of 100,000, and then further up to 41.7 in 1980. This is a little poor island. I mean, how, how here in America where we're rich and we've got more weapons and we have just much a much bigger area to patrol... How in the world could we even think for a second that you're going to ban guns, keep um, criminals from getting guns? It's ludicrous. Evidence is also available for other countries, says John Lott. For example, it's hard to think of a much more draconian police state than the former Soviet Union. Yet despite a ban on guns that dated back to the communist revolution, its murder rates were high. During the entire decade from 1976 to 1985, the Soviet Union's homicide rate was between 21 and 41 percent higher than that of the United States. By 1989, two years before the collapse of the Soviet Union, it had risen to 48 percent above the U.S.'s rate. Even if D.C.'s politicians want to keep arguing for a ban based on public safety, hard facts must eventually matter. If they can't see that gun control laws have failed to deliver as promised, maybe the Supreme Court uh, court can point it out for them. I, I wouldn't count on the Supreme Court to protect our Hell rights no, there. I wouldn't. The only, person, uh, the only people you can count on to protect your rights are gun owners, as far as on this issue is concerned. Are those gun owners who will have the courage to continue holding their guns, even in the face of a gun ban. The uh, pride of my cold, dead fingers crowd. Yeah, exactly right. Because without those people to be around and potentially defend their families and loved ones and friends from attacks by, by violent criminals, we'll all be subject to robbery and rape and murder and just awful things. I, I don't trust the police to protect me. Well, the police aren't even supposed to protect you. I know it says that on the side of the cars, but really the police are supposed to come and clean up the mess after you call them. I mean, that's all they are. They're, you know, the cleanup crew. Right. They're, They're no... supposed to take down some facts after it all happened. And, you know, and putting the crime issue aside, that's the biggest issue when it comes to, uh, you know, a person owning weapons. Putting the crime issue aside, our founding fathers believed in us owning weapons 
because it protected our freedom. When I say right. freedom, the only thing that can really come after your freedom is a government. At that point, uh, at the revolu- point of the Revolutionary War, they had had an oppressive government, much, lar- much smaller compared to the uh, government that we have now, comparatively. An oppressive government keeping them down, and the way that they were able to fight against this government was by having guns. If there had been some kind of disarmament law... We wouldn't have been able to have a revolution yeah. in this country. Would we still be ruled by the British? And that's that's what they mean by the er, the first part of the Second Amendment says a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. They mean that we need to have guns in order to protect ourselves from the government. The Second Amendment is the is the very foundation on which all of our freedoms are built. In fact, one you could make the point that the reason why. Uh, the government has grown as slowly as it has. The, the reason why government has taken so long to become as draconian and as awful and intrusive as it is today is that we do still have guns, and they know they can only take little baby steps towards totalitarianism. They can't just jump in all at once, you know, dive in in the deep end and, uh, and you know, install martial law because there are people that just aren't going to stand for it, and those people are armed. So they would like to take away those people's guns. That way, down the line, whatever sort of awful policies come, uh, come down the line, we won't be able to fight back against them. That's... I don't know that the government has a grand plan to uh, crack down on us all, but that's the that's the result. If you want to take a look at um, you know communities in the United States that actually have had revolutions, there have been revolutions in the United States in our lifetimes. Uh, think of Watts, think of uh, Rodney King. You know there have been these riots in the black community. Mm-hmm. Now nobody's going to argue that the black community does not get more policing and more government uh, supervision than. Any other community in the United States. You can say whatever you want beyond that. Um, these communities are the ones that have had to deal with the more oppression from the government than any other. Mm-hmm. So they've revolted. Right. I, you know, it just it just goes to show that even even here in the United States, we've had revolutions. I wish I, I I don't want it to come to violent revolution. No, heck no. I don't. I, that's not what I'm getting on here. I'm not saber rattling or anything like that. I would like to end this peacefully, but the fact is. You can't deny the reason why the Second Amendment was put there, and that reason is to enshrine the right to revolution, the right to revolution against an oppressive government. Because if you don't have guns to fight back against the government, you've got nothing. Yeah, you can build the occasional right. IED or something like that, but you've got to have you've got to have small arms in order to. How uh, can you have back. freedom to speak if you don't have the freedom to protect yourself? Whether that protection comes from a criminal, which is largely the reason for the Second Amendment. Or whether it comes from the government. The gun banners would like you to believe that all you need to be safe in life is the ability to pick up the phone and dial 911. And I just don't think that any of those gun banning people that are advocating that sort of uh, mode of behavior have ever been in a life or death situation. I don't think they've ever been robbed or they've ever been beaten or they've ever had a loved one attacked or anything like that. I don't think they've ever had the pressure really put on them. Nor have they must must have dealt with the police very often because, you know, the fact is these things happen in the blink of an eye. A criminal comes it busts into your home and and you don't have a chance to even, you know, do anything. You'll be lucky if you're awake. Yeah. And, and, you know, call the police, call 911. You've got a much better chance if you've got a gun sitting by the bed of protecting yourself than you do of trying to pick up the phone in the middle of the night, find the nine, the one, and the one.
Right, and then wait for the you know the operator answer, and then tell your story. By that time, that criminal could be out at, outside your bedroom door. Slit your throat. By that time, the, you could be dead. Right. I understand the cops may come, and um, you know they'll be called if there's some kind of an emergency. If nine one one hears some weird noise, they're liable to send a cop over, and he'll take ten or fifteen minutes to get there, maybe even five. I don't want to be. Um, I'm not trying to uh, go after the cops here, but in five minutes, it's not like the criminal doesn't know that either. In five sure. minutes, they could have slit your throat, um, taken your jewels, and run out the back door, never to be seen. Or the cop, or they may have slit your throat and still be there when the cop comes. At which point, they may throw him in jail, but you're dead. Or the cop might mistake you for the criminal. That's happened before too. More on the way. You could take control of the airwaves. Hour two is on the way, and uh, you can bring up anything. This is the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two of the live Saturday edition. You can take control of the airwaves, as always. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. That's 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the show are completely free, so enjoy those on us. That is freetalklive.com. So, sex, television. According to ABC News and the Christian Science Monitor, it's on the increase again. Sex on television? Yes. They say uh, TV shows have never shied away from trading on the sex appeal of their stars, but a quick look at the new fall season reveals the overall TV landscape is going to get a whole lot sexier and more explicit. Uh, From the graphic grappling in HBO's new relationship drama to the partner swapping in CBS's Swingtown and the teen sex, including rape, of CW's Gossip Girl, the sex is getting rawer and the camera ever closer. This escalating emphasis on explicit scenes as well as themes is the result of seismic changes already rocking Hollywood and the larger society, say culture watchers. The competition for market share in a spiraling world of entertainment choices, the mainstreaming of pornography, and the explosive growth of an unregulated Internet. Uh, Kevin Scott, co-author of the upcoming book, The Porning of America, Choosing Our Sexual Future, says sexual mores are a good measure of culture uh, of social change. The combination of adult erotica moving on to Main Street America by the mid-1990s, along with the... Have you seen adult erotica on the main streets of America? I... I guess I've seen uh, adult bookstores, uh, but I haven't seen any erotica in the windows of those adult bookstores. Along with the emergence of the Internet as a massive distribution network has created what Scott calls a perfect storm of change, cultural change. He says our general view of sexuality today is so much broader than what it was just 15 years ago. And uh, This sounds like, uh, it, the, the whole article sounds like it might be just some kind of scare tactic to some extent. The Internet is bringing porn to your kids, kind of. I mean, it it seems to have that attitude. I'm using the Internet right right now. Currently, I'm looking at RateMyPuppy.com. I'm looking at pictures of people's dogs. (laughs) I mean, you know, the Internet is not all porn. It's not rotting your brain. 
At the same time, the nation has grown more prurient, says trend tracker Michael Tshong, founder of Ubercool.com. We're becoming obsessive peepers, enamored with other people's privacy. Reality shows on television, as well as the online social networking sites, encouraged increased engagement in the most intimate parts of other people's lives, many of them near strangers. In fact, there was a story, I guess, that broke this week about a young uh, TV star, Vanessa Hudgens, who apparently has been in some Disney movies, uh, High School Musical, I guess, okay. fairly popular I hear show. That, yeah, I hear that's a, a big a big thing, and I, I intend to see it. Well, um, now she has been found that apparently she took some some racy photos with her boyfriend. So? And one of them happened to be a full frontal nude photo. Okay. So this is a 18-year-old starlet who is making a name for herself in the world of Disney, and this has created... All sorts of hubbub uh, on the uh, the internet, and the you know people, of course, calling for her to be fired. What what is the what is the problem here? I mean, do we think that she doesn't have breasts? Is that what we think? Because she does. Mm. Do we think that as an eighteen year old girl that she doesn't have a boyfriend, and that maybe they don't do some petting? Now I don't know what they're doing. I, I don't propose to know what they're doing. But it seems to me that that's not unlike any 18-year-old um, in you know a person in their age bracket. I the fact that there's a photograph of it is really the issue. And why is that a problem? U.S. actress Vanessa Hudgens uh, has apparently apologized to her fans in a statement this week. The 18-year-old actress says she was very embarrassed by the publicly released photograph sure. and apologized to her fans for the situation, saying, I want to apologize to my fans whose support and trust means the world to me. Uh, I'm thankful for the support of my family and friends. Now, you know, what? again, I'm with you on this one, Mark. What exactly is the problem here? Why is it that I, this really just goes back to the sort of puritanical attitude that so many people in this country have? The fact is, people have sex. Okay? It's just as natural as eating and sleeping and going to the bathroom. Right. That's what people do. But for some reason, there's something awful. There's something wrong about sex, or in this case, just simple nudity. There was no sex going on in these photos. Many people actually equate sex with nudity, which is very strange to me, because they seem to be, while yes, you do have to generally be nude to have sex, they aren't necessarily uh, one and the same. Being nude doesn't necessarily it translate like to was, sexy. They were sort of sexy photos, though. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, yes, I've, I've seen them, as a matter of fact, so uh, I would say that that's the case. Okay. Uh, but... I haven't. But, again, I just wish that we weren't so... I wish that this girl didn't feel like she had to come out and apologize for it. Right. It's not like she was in the room with, uh, you know, five naked guys doing some kind of weird, uh, you know, gangbang thing. That would really be the problem. I mean, I I understand modesty. People want modesty, and, and that's good. But... How do we know how this uh, this picture leaked? Like, it doesn't sound like she wanted it to leak. No. So if you know, they probably get, her boyfriend showing it to some friends, and then somebody took it online. I mean, what's the difference between having a sexy good time with your um, significant other by dressing up in lingerie, or, um, or you know, he gets dressed up in a big Viking suit, or whatever it is that uh, people do in order to get themselves turned on, and using a camera? Now, the the fact is, it sounds like um, that photo fell into the wrong hands. Mm-hmm. Whether it was a breakup or what, what. Whatever the reason is, I don't know. But to, to you know, go after her career? No. I don't know. Maybe she's just apologizing because she works for Disney and she feels like she needs to in order to keep her job or something I, I like that. I understand that. that. But I, I also feel like she's uh, she's apologizing because she feels like that's what the marketplace wants. But I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think there's a very vocal 
I think there's a very vocal segment of the marketplace that uh, wants everyone to believe that nudity is wrong and sex is bad as long as you aren't. If it's not, if you're not married, then sex is bad and it's wrong and feeling good is wrong and you know all these sort of puritanical ideas. But I don't know if they are the majority. But I don't know if if that's the case. I, I imagine most of these people got upset about Pamela Anderson's release of her video and she was married to Tommy Lee at the time. Maybe, but then again, the, uh, Pamela Anderson wasn't 18 and starring in Disney films at the time either. So that may be why she's getting a little bit more attention, uh, maybe the why everybody's sort of looking down on her for this. Look, she made a mistake, okay? I mean, if indeed it was a mistake, she was uh, f- having only, fun with her the boyfriend. The only people that can get upset about this are people that did not um, you know, willingly take off their shirt in front of a boy when they were 18. Uh, the only, only women who didn't take shirts off in front of boys um, when they were 18 years old or mm-hmm. boys... Who didn't, um, you know, try to get a woman to take her shirt off when they were 18 years old right. or younger? This Those is, are the only people that have any standing. It doesn't mean, you know, the fact that this girl took her shirt off or took her clothes off and was photographed doesn't say anything about her as a person. It doesn't say she's a bad person. It doesn't say she's a good person. It says she's she has just breasts. A, she's just all. a young lady who was engaged in some uh, some activity with her boyfriend. And why it is she's being held up as somebody who should be punished or somebody who's done something wrong is very confusing to me. Right, because would, she's a Disney actor, she doesn't have sex? Come on. Right. I would like to know... Dick Van Dyke never had sex? Well, let's also point out that Disney has several different divisions. They uh, they have adult movie divisions, not porn, but, but R-rated movie divisions where there's sex and drugs and all violence and uh, cursing and right, all kinds of things. So it's just the, the, the division of Disney that she works for. I guess. It, it's, it's just very Crazy. confusing to me. And what I'd like to know from somebody out there... Somebody who thinks that what this girl did was wrong, somebody who thinks that she should lose her job, somebody who is uh, very vehemently against any sort of uh, nudity or a promotion of the, the idea that sex could be fun or actually a, a good thing for your, uh, for your life or relationship. Those types of people, I would like for you to call in and maybe make an argument for this girl to be fired or just make your points about why it is that sex is bad and nudity is wrong. 1-800-259-9231. You can indeed take control of the airwaves. And uh, let's go in the meantime to Bob in West Virginia, listening on WVTS. Hello, Bob. Well, hello. Hey, what's Thank on you mind? for taking my phone call. Yes, sir. Um, first, I'd like to say I do not believe that there is a dedicated program within our government to take our guns away. However, there are individuals who are involved in our government who want to do that. Yeah. And we all know that there are several uh, individual groups that want to influence the government to take our guns away. Yes. Well, I, I agree with you. There may not be a specific program per se, but after the Katrina, after Hurricane Katrina a couple of years ago, somebody gave an order to the police, and the police went around and started confiscating weapons. And if you have a certain type of gun, there certainly is a program in the government to take, it, take your guns away. Bob, if you have certain types yes. of automatic rifles. Hang on, Bob. Yes. We'll bring you back, okay? 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Whether you want to talk about guns or sex or whatever you want, it goes. If you make the call, this is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, it is your show. It's the live Saturday edition. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. 
and Mark. And you can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features on the site are for free, including the bulletin board system. We've got over a quarter of a million posts for you to surf around through. Serious issues and fun stuff. Get interactive with us and a bunch of our listeners. In fact, over 1,600 of our listeners are interacting there, and it's all totally free. bbs.freetalklive.com. Get you to it. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does this bother you? Well, it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. These chemicals wafting up into your face, into your nose at night. Scary, scary stuff. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. That's SavvyRest.com. Back to the phones. Back to Bob in West Virginia listening on WVTS. Now, Bob, I'm sure you had a few more thoughts about the the whole gun banning thing, so go to it. Well, thank you, sir. Um, the average response time to a 911 call in my community is seven minutes. Hmm, that's pretty good. Yes, it is. But then once they arrive, there's still a three- to five-minute time while they have to assess the situation and take care of you know what they need to do. Sure, they have to survive the experience, so they're, they're going to kind of look around. They're not just going to rush in with their gun out. Yes. Um, the average response time to the gun that I keep at my bedside is less than seven seconds. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, I feel much more secure being an armed citizen. Absolutely. You know, and, and about guns being next to beds, I, I, you know, they always tell horror stories about children who've gotten a hold of the guns while the parents are out or not in the room and shoot their little brother or themselves or whatever. And to me, that seems like a kid that wasn't taught about guns. I, my, well, the, my whole life, the, my dad had guns in the house when I was, I think, 10, maybe 8, I, I don't know, somewhere in there. He took me out and started shooting with me, mm-hmm. showed me how. Um, then by the time I was 12, I got my own BB gun or something like that. You know, there was, there was a progression. And I never, ever, ever touched that gun when he wasn't in the house. And I could have. It was just sitting right there by the door. Well, my children are grown, um, so that's not a problem. Thank However, goodness. when they were young... I did take them out and taught them to respect the weapon. I made examples of what the weapon is capable of doing. They understood that, and we've never had a problem with them touching one of mine. Both of my older sons uh, own weapons themselves now. They're adults. And frankly, I don't understand why anyone would want to take away a gun, which is legally owned. And by the way, I know you mentioned um, there are guns that it's against the law to have. I don't own any of those guns. All of my guns were purchased legally. They're all covered uh, by law. And I feel I have every right to exercise my Second Amendment rights to protect myself, Indeed. my property, and my family. I would agree. and But, you know, as far as those laws go, I'm, I'm not even a fan of those laws. Um, look, I think you should be able to, if you want a fully automatic AK-47 at your house, to, if that's what's going to make you feel comfortable, Fine and dandy. You use that AK-47 in the commission of a felony, and I hope you go away forever and ever. I agree with you completely. Um, I would prefer to have uh, something a little more powerful than what I'm allowed to own. However, I'm an honest citizen, and I won't break the law and own an illegal weapon. Now, hold on a second. Now, wait a minute. Now, what if... I'm going to call you on that claim, Bob. What if they um, make a new law... That says that you can't own those weapons anymore. In fact, that uh, since you did buy them legally, we know that you own them. We've got you on records here. And uh, if you don't turn them in, we're going to come around and confiscate them from you. What do you do, the, uh, what do, you do then? They're going to turn me into a criminal 
and I'm going to defend myself and my Second Amendment rights. So then in that case, you will not obey that law, and then you will not be a good little citizen anymore, will you? That's correct. <laughs> yeah. Well, you see, that's how it's, it's, it's done by drips, though. They take away, you know, a little yes, right they... here and a little right there. First, it's fully automatic weapons. Then it's certain types of semi-automatic rifles. And then it's the ones that are painted black, which uh, in a lot of cases, it really is just simple modifications to uh, rifles that are out there. You can have one type, but you can't have another. And the difference is a folding stock or the color yeah. of it. Um, and well, you know, I, I do own something that's classified as an assault rifle. It is semi-automatic, and should I choose to, I could convert it quite easily yep. to full auto. For good. But oh, yeah. I won't do that Very good, unless Bob. they force me to. Thank you, sir, and uh, continue standing up for gun rights and gun freedom. We need more people like you. Thanks for the call. Well, and I'd, I'd like to thank you for allowing me to express my opinion, That's and I'd like to say... Please keep doing what you're doing. America needs you. That's what yep. we're here for. Thanks, Bob. Well, America, the, the America's kept free by people like Bob. Absolutely. Totally reasonable people, um, you know, men that own guns. I know that women own guns, too, but it's it seems to be more of a man-type sport. It's just such a generalization. And it's guys like Bob that are, in fact, keeping us free. The fact that um, every other household or every third household in the United States has a gun in it, that's what keeps us free. You can't fight a land war in the United States of America because of people like Bob. I think I saw a statistic recently that said 90, uh, apparently for every 100 people in America, there are 90 guns. Now, that doesn't mean that 90 no. people out of 100 own no. guns. But I believe it's one, one every third household has a gun. That means that there are a lot of guns out yeah, but, there. But that third household likely has a bunch of guns in it. Really, uh, the gun banners are just sort of utopian, aren't they? I mean, they think that... They think in this sort of utopian manner that if they just pass a law, that people are going to turn in their weapons and then everything's going to be it's solved. It's not even utopian, because maybe we could at some point or another progress to something called utopia. This is just silly and stupid to think that you're going to get the guns out of the hands of the criminals. It's absurd. You're and going prevent to people criminals. from being, um, you know, bad people. I'm yeah. not turning my guns in. No. I, I, no. Let's it's already illegal for me to own them. So. Continue with the calls and talk to Robert in California. Robert, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind? Yes, um, somebody asked a question about if there's a government program to uh, confiscate weapons, and I believe there is. Isn't, uh, isn't that called for in uh, the treaty that JFK signed with the uh, United Nations for the complete disarmament? No I idea. Not, I'm Never not heard familiar with that. It sounds, it sounds like they haven't gotten done very well to get rid of them then at this point. <laughs> Well, they're 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 definitely uh, doing everything they can. And um, for example, here in California, I remember several years back, you used to be able to buy a 50 caliber uh, weapons, and now you can't. Is California um, still part of America? <laughs> well, it's the, it's the biggest state, so that's why we got a Nazi uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in uh, office. So is, they, they is Arnold Schwarzenegger? Got, he's a re Republican. Is he not pro-gun in any way, shape, or form? Well, that's just the name again, you know, Republican, neocon, um, these guys are are just uh, into big government, and sure. if you want to sure stretch your mind, it's world government, you know? Yep. Yeah, that, that label doesn't mean anything anymore, Mark. Uh, Republican, it, Democrat, it could mean plenty something. of gun banners on both sides of the aisle. And, and if they're not gun banners, if they're not out-and-out -out gun banners, they're gun controllers. They support the existing laws. In fact, the, even the NRA itself supports the existing federal government's 20,000-plus gun laws. Right. If you're a member of the NRA, think about for a second um, the, uh, it's, it's the Americans for Gun Ownership. Check out Americans for Gun Ownership because... No, 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 that's not what it is. It's not the it's, organization? Uh, gun Owners of America. Gun Owners of America, excuse me. Gun, owner, gun Owners of America, that's an organization that supports your right to own a weapon. 
and it doesn't support the two twenty thousand gun laws that are out there. Right, and if you take the uh, Constitution as it's supposed to be taken, and that's pretty literally, then uh, you know, well-regulated militia, the right of the people to keep and bear arms, shall not be infringed. That to me says there should be zero federal gun regulations and zero state gun regulations. Uh, but apparently, the government just doesn't care very much about the Constitution. Thanks for the call, Robert. We appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It's easy preaching to the choir and taking calls from people that agree with us, yep. but, I mean, we're on 27 stations. Certainly there's someone out there who wants to ban guns. We'd love to hear from you. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. It is the live Saturday edition, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online where we've got live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both waiting for you for free at freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. Since we're talking about guns, I think it's important to point out that New Hampshire is one of the few states with some semblance of gun freedom remaining. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the more gun, uh, gun-free, that's not the correct term, more liberty-oriented states as far as guns are concerned, just liberty-oriented in general. But if you're a gun owner and you're feeling particularly oppressed in your current state, maybe California, as soon as you cross the border into New Hampshire, you instantly have more gun freedom. You can take your forty-five and strap it to your hip if you want to. It's true. Right out in the open. Don't cross that border to Massachusetts, though. Here in New Hampshire. <laughs> so uh, that's one reason to consider the Free State Project. But really, don't just move for guns. Move for liberty. And, uh, you know, we hope that you love liberty as much as we do and that you'll come here and uh, join the Free State Project and, and be an activist for liberty. Uh, but if you just want to move and enjoy a little bit extra freedom, that's cool, too. All right. 800-259-9231 to John calling from the Free Talk Live forums. Hello, John. John Shaw on Free Talk Live. Hello. No, we don't have him. He's gone. All right. Uh, okay, so uh, 1-800-259-9231. In other news, jumping back to the story about Vanessa Hudgens, one of the stars of Disney's high school musical. She has been uh, caught with her pants down, so to speak. In fact, uh, fully frontally nude in a photograph that has surfaced on the Internet. And we touched on this a little bit earlier. And the question I had, of course, was for those moral crusaders who might be listening to the show right now, what exactly is immoral about being naked? That's a question I really would like to have answered tonight. It's almost a requirement for getting clean. (laughs) Well, Well, now, okay, I guess it's more immoral to be photographed while naked. What exactly is wrong with what this girl did? She got naked with her boyfriend, a photo was taken, somebody leaked it to the internet. I think it lacks a little propriety, and that's really about it. Um, I right. mean, it may it not may help have... her get another job. It might be uh, wrong. I mean, the, the marketplace may decide that it was a bad move, but but is there something morally wrong about no. it? It's a lack of in judgment of allowing your significant other to take a photo of you simply because it could go all kinds of places. There's just no way to control it in this digital age. But... As far as whether it's right or wrong, no, no, there's nothing, none of that involved. 
I'm sure there's somebody out there that thinks that uh, that it is wrong, and that's the person I would like to hear from at 800-259-9231. I was looking through some of the comments on uh, the, one of the pages that showed her, her, nude, her nude picture on the Internet, and this one I found kind of interesting. Um, one of the commenters says, when did she turn 18? Because she's 18 right now. He says, these look like they could have been taken before then. If so, it's somewhat disturbing that we're viewing these. No? You know what? That's such a strange attitude, isn't it? That right. it's okay if the, she's 18 and The day naked? before her 18th birthday, it's child porn. Right. But the day after, it's, it's, just, it's just a little disturbing. Right. He says later on that he's feeling a little creepy looking at the pictures. Well, okay, so it's somehow wrong... Okay, wait, wait. So it's it's okay for her to be 18 and naked in a picture, but for her to be 17, 364 days, uh, 364 days old, then that's somehow wrong and creepy all of a sudden. That that's confusing to me as well. Can you help clear that up? Also, he he labels it kitty porn later on, and there's nothing sexual going on here. She's not playing with herself. There's there's no penetration. There's no sex happening in these pictures. And in addition, she's not a child. She's a teenager, very clearly a teenager in this particular photo. And so how anyone could confuse this with kitty porn is very confusing to me. Mm. Now, kitty porn, that's some sick stuff. I mean, kids involved in pornography, that's pretty sick and wrong. That's my opinion, of course. But Somebody must think that it's wrong to have a naked picture of your 17-year-old girlfriend, which may be what these are. This may turn out to be her at age 16. That's what some people are alleging here, that this might have been a former boyfriend of hers. It doesn't sound unlikely. Before she got famous. In which case, how many people do you think have seen these pictures? I mean, this high school musical uh, video is apparently pretty popular. It apparently was uh, the most viewed television, cable television event, uh, the, the sequel, I think it came out this summer, uh, was Disney's, like, the biggest thing they've ever put on their channel. Mm. I mean, this, this, this show has a tremendous following. And therefore, I mean, it's the Internet. As soon as a nude picture of a, a young star hits the Internet, it gets distributed far and wide. So there could theoretically be millions of American men, and probably some ladies too, that have seen this picture. Does that make them uh, ch purveyors of child pornography? Are they guilty? Because I read an article earlier that said that if you don't have a law enforcement badge, you can't look at child porn. <laughs> so therefore, should we put all of America, you know, all of the uh, you know, million fans that might have seen this photo, perhaps far more than that, should they all go to jail because they looked at a picture of a girl that was taken maybe when she was 16 in her bedroom? Can somebody make that argument? 1-800-259-9231. My argument is, this is not child porn. This is a teenage girl, naked in her bedroom. She might have, you know, had a lapse of judgment, as many teenagers do. Teenagers do stupid things, don't they? Didn't you do something stupid when you were a teenager? Just think back. Yeah, I bet you did. I bet most, pretty much everybody listening to my voice did something they regret. Something they look back on and say, you know, I wish I'd chosen differently. But, hey... I'm still here today, 20 or 30 or 40 or 10 years later. I'm still here. My life isn't any worse off because I made that mistake when I was 16 years old. 1-800-259-9231. To some extent, to wish away your mistakes is suicidal. You are the person you are today. To some extent, by the uh, you know, in, in a compilation of all the things that you've done. Mm -hmm. Now, certainly you can get beyond them and you can put them in your past and all that other stuff. But 
you are who you are by the things that have occurred to you. So to want to get rid of some of those bad things that you've done in your life is killing off the person that you are today in hopes of a, this better thing that you think is a, you know, this greener grass on the other side of the fence. So may, it may not be true. Is there something inherently immoral or wrong with what this girl did? Or did she just blow it? Did she just make a mistake? 800-259-9231. Let's go unscreen to the amplifier line. Who is this? You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Uh, this is Bill from Oklahoma. Bill, what do you want to talk about? Well, I kind of want to um, uh, share a story about how important it is for us Americans to be able to protect ourselves and not depend on the police department. Okay. Uh, uh, here in Oklahoma, we had a, a story about a 16-year-old girl who was recently stabbed to death by her 32-year-old ex-boyfriend. That's a little bizarre. Um, okay. What happened was uh, this guy had been stalking this girl for quite some time, uh, broke into her apartment, and took her hostage. Oh, boy. Uh, she uh, happened to call 911, or, or did manage to get a 911 distress call out, but by the time anybody responded, this gentleman, and I use that term very loosely, uh, had already uh, held her against her will, threw her in the car, and took off running. Mm. Uh, this is how effective our police department is. When they finally caught up to this gentleman and they ran his vehicle off the road, he already was in the process of stabbing her right in front of the cops. Oh, jeez. Just in plain sight. Of course, they unloaded their, their weapons. They, they did managed to uh, uh, kill the, the assailant, uh, but instead of being able to save at least one body, we had two dead bodies as a result oh. of the inefficiency of the 911 system and, the, and this, uh, inefficient, the inefficient laws that we have here, especially in the state of Oklahoma, not allowing anybody to carry a weapon uh, open, just like you guys can in New Hampshire. And I think it's, it's, it, this was a really disgusting uh uh, outcomes is something that could have been prevented. Yep. What a tragic story. Just another law, uh, another life lost because we aren't as free as we could be in this country. Bill, thanks for the call and thank you for the story. 800-259-9231. But someone out there saying kids shouldn't be able to own firearms. Well, if she'd had something, she I had one when I was a kid. If she'd had something, she would have had a much better chance of surviving that encounter. More on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, the live Saturday edition. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go shopping with us. Go buy some Free Talk Live stuff at the Free Talk Live store. store Store.freetalklive.com will get you there. We've got Free Talk Live merchandise like Free Talk Live hats and t-shirts and hoodies and uh, we've got the DVD Classic Archive collector's sets. Uh, We've got the lighter bottle opener combo. I'm just going from memory. There's far more than that. Head over to store.freetalklive.com com that store dot freetalklive dot com again it is free talk live you can uh, bring up whatever you want we've been talking about everything from sex to guns and now let's talk about immigrants mm. ah you thought I was gonna say rock and roll anyway Kevin emails in he says you need to spend a few years in the affected states to get a clue 
I know generations of those immigrants that don't speak English, and they don't want to. You're completely in the minority. You are an idealist. These Mexicans have not and will not speak English. They run the streets in Texas waving the Mexican flag. They hate Americans. They truly, really do. You're very naive if you think otherwise. You must be living in a part of the country that's not being overrun by illegal Mexicans. So he says uh, that he knows gen- whole generations of... Uh, this guy knows a lot of people to know generations of Mexicans. Quite a claim. It, it, it's, uh, the statistics don't bear it out at all. If you're talking about the third generation of any immigrant, legal or illegal, you're talking about... Um, From whatever country. Right. You're talking about people that have largely forgotten their native tongue. Yep. He says our largest export to Mexico is money, untaxed money. You just don't get it because you don't see it. They come here, work, and what they don't spend here on food and other necessities, they send it to Mexico. So? So what? You earn your money, and I don't want to tell you what to do with it. Well, you can go and spend it on, you know, hookers if you want to. Whatever you want to do with it. You can take it to Germany if you want. You can take it to Japan and if spend you, it all. If you drive a BMW, that's just what you did, as a matter of fact. Hmm. You send it to Germany. Or if, if you, you went a, to Walmart and you buy some of that plastic crap that they have there, well, you're sending it to China. What if you buy a brand new uh, spiffy device made in Japan? Oh, my. Some new Sony PlayStation, the fact instance. that they the, the fact that they do so with their money does not bother me in the very least. If they want to send some money that they earned here in America to support their family there, that's fine with me. As a matter of fact, I, um, you know, I my mother has uh, one of these kids in South America that she supports, um, you know, sort of mm-hmm. orphan kind of situation. Pennies per day. Is there anything wrong with that? That she sends money to feed some uh, kid in South America? Is she just like these people? According to this guy, anybody that sends money out of the country is a bad man. Yeah. Or well, maybe Ludicrous. he only means maybe he only just hates it when the Mexicans do it. Maybe he thinks it's okay to send money to right. other countries. If you're an American, you're allowed to send your money. But if you're an illegal immigrant, you're not allowed to. Yeah, I don't want to put words into his mouth. I'll just continue his email. He says CNN and Fox aren't going to tell you this. They're too busy with Paris Hilton and other fluff stories. I was run over by a carload of illegal Mexicans in 1985. When I came to, two days later in the hospital with two broken legs and multiple contusions and a concussion and separated shoulder, I was informed the Mexicans had been turned over to immigration and had probably been deported. I was stuck paying the medical bills, 85,000 of which only uh, 85,000 of which only 49,000 was paid for by my insurance. But the best part was that I was rewarded with increased insurance rates. Um, look, that's a problem with, and I'm sorry that happened to you. Sure. Um, I, could have been anybody in the other car. Right, it absolutely could have been. Um, the fact that they got deported doesn't mean anything. The person who hit you could have had no insurance. You know, All kinds of situations arise. Yeah. That's why we have insurance, and it, it sounds like there was a problem with your insurance company if they wouldn't cover all of this. I mean, if you had an insured driver, shouldn't they have covered those things? You would think. Maybe he just didn't have enough coverage. I don't know. I mean, it's a sad, it's a sad scenario. But um, the fact that we have il- we make immigrants illegal, you know, we don't just let anybody um, come across the border that that wants to be free. Mm-hmm. The fact that we do that makes it so that they'll run from the scene of an accident. More likely, they'll run from a scene of an accident. So that's a great observation. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it, people are going to come here and they're going to get into car accidents whether they come from uh, Africa or Asia or South America. That's just going to happen. To, to blame all immigrants because a few of them got into a car wreck with you is absolutely absurd. He says, they're, you're full of crap. 
when you talk <laughs> about them being taken to jail when they get pulled over without insurance or documents. They let them go. Where do you get your information? It if, happens different in different places. If, they'll, if they are drunk, they'll take them to jail and keep their car, but they never come back for court and always give false names and addresses. Tell the three Dallas-Fort Worth cops and their families that have been gunned down by illegal Mexicans in the last year that it's okay. The illegal Mexicans didn't mean to kill them. You know, I just it's just amazing to me that these anti-immigrant zealots, like this guy writing the email, they, they just love to paint all Mexicans with the same brush. Right. Um, you know, we've had people uh, call this show and claim all kinds of things about um, Mexicans, illegal Mexicans, and... All that uh, kind of thing is, uh, you know, that they they eat dogs, that they're leprosidic, they're bringing uh, viruses over that. Uh, Apparently, our, they're our killing everyone too. Yeah. Apparently, they're killing cops in uh, in Dallas. Yep, they're, they're oh, murderers. Every one of them. No, no, that would just be the individual people that decided to kill those cops for whatever reason. Right. So why don't we deport our criminals? You mean um, everybody else? Well, that's no, no, not a Mexican. Right. Why don't we take our criminals? If if this is in fact a problem that we're letting uh, some of the Mexicans that are coming across the border hurt people or commit crimes, why don't we take our criminals and kick them out of the country? Isn't that um, essentially what they're asking for? We'd save a lot of money, I think, on the jails if we did that. Anyway, he says we wouldn't uh, be able to keep them out. So he makes Can't it sound the Mexicans like, out. he makes it sound like illegal. Immigrants, so-called, are more likely to be violent, which that's not necessarily true. You're only reading stories. You're, it's confirmation bias. You're finding stories about illegal immigrants doing things that are wrong, hurting people or whatever, and then you're ascribing that to your worldview that all illegal immigrants are bad. And that's just not the case. Most of them come here to make a better life for themselves, and they work very, very hard and awful jobs that you don't Just want. like your ancestors did. He says, our county hospitals in Texas are so overcrowded with illegal Mexicans having their anchor babies in the emergency rooms that our real emergency needs, such as car wreck victims, cannot get the medical attention they need. The illegal Mexicans are not paying for any of their health care. Well, you should look to the government to blame that one, uh, to, to place the blame there, because your precious government is the one that created the laws that force hospitals to treat everybody that walks through their doors. So in the absence of those laws, then it would be up to the individual hospital. Now, I would think most hospitals would treat anybody that walked through their doors anyway, um, and I wouldn't want to patronize a hospital that didn't care about the indigent and that sort of thing. But I think that hospitals can handle that, uh, making those decisions on their own. He says, did I mention I can't go to those hospitals because I speak English and I look like I might have money in my pocket? That seems a bit exaggerated, Yeah, why sir. can't you go to those hospitals because you have money in your pocket and you speak English? He says, I suggest you come to South Texas and see what the illegal Mexicans are doing here. And yes, Trish was right. We have two Border Patrol agents that were just sentenced to, I think it was, 20 years. Of course, you will not hear or see that on CNN and Fox, but I bet you could find it doing a Google search. They were out near El Paso and caught some Mexican drug and people smugglers and turned it into an all-out battle. One wounded Mexican got away and escaped back to Mexico, only to come back a week or so later and file a complaint. Now two agents are in jail. Wait a minute. you telling me that uh, somebody who was involved in a firefight with the cops came back later on and went into the government to file a complaint? That's the most absurd story I've ever heard. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Google up the Laredo, Texas newspaper, he says, for briefings on the shootouts that happen there on a regular basis. The last, well, maybe that has something to do with the war on drugs. Hmm, you think? You think the war on drugs, making products and services illegal, uh, might actually inspire violent gangs to come here and maybe shoot out with the cops? Hmm. 
He says uh, the last police chief in Nuevo Laredo was gunned down by the drug lords in the street after only being on the job for an hour and a half. <laughs> it sounds like the OK Corral. He says when I was in... Well, now, that's a true story. I remember talking about that on the show a while back. But again, that's only because drugs are illegal. If drugs were legal, then uh, regular American businessmen would be able to manufacture them in labs and controlled growing conditions and sell them in stores. And the gangs would be out of business. He says, when I was a kid, I mowed lawns in my neighborhood. Today's kids can't do that now because they can't compete with a truckload of illegal Mexicans. I know this firsthand. When They're I taking got older, jobs from our kids. When I got older, I had summer jobs as a bricklayer's helper, and I can't do that anymore either. Ironically, I worked at a Taco Bell when I was a kid also. Today, I won't go through a drive through because the people that work there don't speak or understand English. <laughs> uh, right. So, wait a minute. You're saying it's a bad thing that I can pay less to a group of Mexicans and have my yard done in a better way? Because I've, I've hired kids to do my lawn before, and you know, they, they kind of suck. You know, they don't do that great of a job. Right, and, you know, they, they don't have any work ethic. Right. Because so, their parents have been taking care of them. So it's bad that I'm paying maybe the same amount or less and getting a better job done on my lawn? That's something that's wrong with that? He says, I'm presently in Brazil, and let me tell you, every nickel I earn and every penny I spend in this country is to be strictly accounted for and declared. Everywhere I go, I have to show my passport and my current visa, which is only good for 90 days. He sounds like he's salivating over that. I'm sorry, that's not something I want to, a situation I want to live in. I don't want to have to show a passport everywhere I go, and I don't want to have my pennies strictly accounted for. Thanks, but no thanks. Enjoy your time in Brazil. Hour 3 is on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching at hour number three of the live Saturday edition. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com, where all the features on the site are totally free. So enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Going right to the phones to start things out this hour. Let's talk to Mark in Texas on the Amplifier line. Hello, Mark. Hey, guys. How's it going? Great. What's on your mind? Uh, first thing I wanted to talk about was Harry Brown. Ian, thanks to you and listening to Free Talk Live, I've actually decided to go on Google and hunt down audio from Harry Brown. Oh, Harry Brown, by the way, for those that don't know, is the uh, libertarian was the libertarian presidential candidate in 1996 and 2000, 2000. and uh, it is the the writings of Harry Brown that helped bring me into the libertarian fold, and uh, he's definitely definitely one of my heroes. Unfortunately, yeah, he passed unfortunately, away he passed over a year away. ago. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's 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 long gone now. But uh, if you if you Google Harry Brown and Brown is spelled with an E, by the way, mm-hmm. um, the very first if you if you if you Google Harry Brown audio, uh, the very first link speeches and interviews by Harry Brown brings you to about four hours of awesome audio by Harry Brown, and I think uh, everybody that listens to this show should check it out because he. There's there's really good stuff out there. Well, even if you don't get a chance to listen to the audio, uh, he also wrote some excellent articles. Most of them are still archived on his website, harrybrown.org. And uh, he wrote some fantastic books as well, which we recommend at links.freetalklive.com, including, um, let's see, one of my favorites has to be Why Government Doesn't Work. That's... 
uh, Finding Freedom in an Unfree World, that's also an excellent one as well. Yeah, so. the Freedom in an Unfree World, there's an actual audio portion of that where he talks about what inspired him mm-hmm. to create that, and it's, it's very, very good. He was a great, great man. So what else is on your mind tonight? I also want to talk about the receipt thing on uh, about the Circuit City deal. Oh yes, uh, we were talking. We were talking earlier this week about uh, electronic specialty stores checking people's receipts on the way out the door. This is a process that ups- apparently upsets a number of people. I, on the other hand, and Mark, I think you're with me on this. I uh, think it's a fine procedure. It helps keep thefts down, which means that it helps keep uh, the costs down as far as uh, cost of doing business, which means that prices can stay low. So I think that people should be uh, should be pleased that this particular sur- security procedure is being implemented. And uh, what did you have to say about it? Well, I think it ties into the free speech at a business uh, argument because uh, there was an, uh, I saw a link on the boards that went to uh, some security guys trying to shut down people putting up Ron Paul signs at a baseball stadium or something during a game. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that uh, the actual people that were telling them to, not to put it up had the 100% right to tell them not to put the signs up well, it, because it's a business. Yeah, I understand uh, what you're saying. A, base, a baseball um, a game, business. a baseball stadium is is the way, is the place where uh, you know the baseball team does its business. Right. In in the case of a baseball stadium, though, you've got some problems because likely the taxpayers paid for that stadium. That's true. Sometimes. For the baseball team to do their business. So sometimes, sure, but most it's not of the time, um, yeah, just about every single like time. A, it's still not a public place in the sense that it is a city hall or library or uh, Congress. Or I would whatever. agree with you that it's not it's not um, you know a public place in that same sense. But don't you wouldn't you say that the lines have been blurred by the fact that the taxpayers have, at the pain of losing their house, had to pay for this business to uh, you know this business's uh, building? Yes and no, because most of the taxes that do go to, towards paying. For uh, for example, I lived in Baltimore for a long time, and Camden Yards was built not on property taxes or local taxes. They were built on hotel taxes. Outer towners, people that came in from from elsewhere, uh, had to pay a surcharge on their rental cars and their hotel rooms, and it wasn't much. But the revenue that was generated from that helped pay for Camden Yard. Well, that's that's and just I'm stealing sure from different people, are, though. That's that that's not. Model. I mean, the fact is, is I, as a free American, could open a hotel every single day of my life. But I am, um, to some extent, it's you know, in Baltimore, I'm affected by that law that um, built Camden Yards. Right. It's just stealing from different people. It's not right. stealing these, any less. These major league baseball owners, uh, they are making plenty of money doing the business that they're doing. Why is it that they even right. If if baseball is such a great thing, how come they can't build a building and uh, conduct their business in it like every other building does? Exactly. And they can, and they have for a long time. Most of the uh, sports stadiums that are around today were built and paid for by the teams. Themselves. I don't know whether I agree with I'm that not statement. Sure about that. Well, I, w- I would say, okay. I, I'll and, tell you that in Tampa well, Bay, the Tampa Bay um, Stadium is not. Yeah, let's say 30 years back, okay? Back in the 70s, everything up up to that point was paid for by the actual team. Right. Oh, I'll give you that, that the old stadiums were paid for by the teams, but now right. but um, teams have figured like out ways Raven to uh, get involved with government and have the government steal for them. And that's... Exactly, and that's what's happening now, which is a bad thing. All right, so it how is. does this all tie into the Circuit City thing? But it's a business. People run their own business. Yep. And, and so if, you, if, you, if Circuit City's policy is to want to look at Mark's bag on the cam, Mark should whip out his bag on the cam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, now he can leave. Uh, I mean, he can certainly leave. And thank you for the call, Mark. We appreciate it. Now I understand what kind of bag he's talking about. Yes. 
Uh, it took me a moment there. Took an, took an opportunity there. Yeah. Uh, but he's right, though. I mean, it is uh, the business's policy, and if you don't like it, don't shop there. If you don't like having a receipt checked... I think a business should uh, post a sign that says... I agree. We check bags. Yes, you are consenting to a bag check by entering this uh, uh, by entering the, these doors. That's what they should do. They don't, which means that therefore they can't mandate that you do it. Right. But uh, still, I think that they should put those signs up, and I right. think that they should do your that. Sa- your sack may be viewed and fondled at any time. Oh, gross. 800-259-9231, you panderer. Uh, let's talk to Ryan in Texas. Ryan, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Uh, hey, guys. What's on your mind? Yeah, another uh, little immigration reality check from the letter you were reading the last hour. Okay. Um, one thing that he started saying was about them, all the illegal immigrants having their anchor babies here and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. Now, I can guarantee you what he got that from is a chain email, like they always do. Yeah, it's always um, chain emails. It's, it's never real but, news. Right. However, this fact um, that um, 70% of the women who gave birth at Parkland Hospital in Dallas um, at the first quarter of 2006, were illegal immigrants. Seventy percent. How do we that's, know that? That's their how claim. Do, how do we know that that's true? That that's been verified um, by the hospital as well. Okay. How, do, how does the hospital know whether legal or illegal? I'm getting into that. Okay. Now, um, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, there's at least uh, 50 large and small hospitals. Parkland okay. Hospital is the most. It has the busiest maternity ward in the country. Now, the one thing that makes Parkland Hospital different from all the rest of them is it's the public hospital. Hmm. Illegal immigrants, it's very hard for them to get insurance, so where are they forced to go? Public of hospital. course, you're going to have a high concentration of uninsured people at the public hospital, since the majority of illegal immigrants are going to be uninsured. They're going to be going to the public hospital. Right, they can't even buy insurance if they want it. So once again, you're pointing out that this is a welfare prog- uh, problem, not an immigrant problem. Yes, that it's a welfare problem, not an immigrant immigrant problem, and that the statistics, whenever you only sample that one one hospital, is very misleading because it's one out of about 50 hospitals in the metroplex here. Hmm. So you're just picking the one statistic that works in your favor and ignoring the other 49 hospitals. Mm. That would be confirmation bias. Absolutely. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate the call. 800-259-9231. To an email. So we read an email last hour from one of our listeners who is living down in Brazil, and he hates Mexican immigrants, and he he loves Brazil because they check his passport wherever he goes, and that uh, they cha- they they keep track of every single penny that he spends, and he was lauding this as though this is something that we want here in America. And I've got to wonder, do if you're somebody out there listening who actually thinks that illegal immigrants are bad people and they need to be stopped or whatever it is you think about them, if you are of that mindset, are you completely willing to give up all of your privacy? In order for the, you know, the, the, in order for the promise from the government that they'll keep the illegal immigrants out, if you're willing to give up all of your liberties to be a free American, in that you'll have to stop periodically at checkpoints to show your U.S. citizenship, your papers to prove your citizenship as you try to travel from place to place. Right. What if you're in a hurry? What if you're trying to get to work and then they want to check your papers? 
Does that make you feel good? Does that make you feel What if they have secure? to come into your house to see whether there's illegal immigrants around? Are you willing to go through those steps? House to house checks? Will that checks? make you feel like a free person? Or do you just not care about that whole freedom thing anymore? Oh, that freedom stuff, it's overrated anyway. 800-259-9231. like to hear from you on that. Otherwise, we'll read you an email from an immigrant. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is a live Saturday show, your show. You take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free, including the updates. Get signed up, and we'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. You'll know first. If you're on the updates list, you can get on it by going to updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or a living trust. In minutes, LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. To the phones, to the fun. Let's talk to Kip in Phoenix. Kip, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. I want to break the news that Alex Jones was just arrested. Hmm. Alex, for what? For free speech. We're, we're living in martial law. We're living in a police state. What uh, what was he doing? What's uh, what's the story you're talking about? Alex Jones, who is a uh, another radio talk show host. He what was um, he he was bullhorning in New York City, mm-hmm. and he was just arrested. Oh, I see. We're probably not, not free anymore. probably bullhorning without a permit or something like that, right? Well, yeah, that's the truth. But when he tries to sell his video Endgame, he won't mention that. I don't under- understand. Well, he's going to say that um. He's not free anymore, but he's going to forget the part about him bullhorning without a permit to get people to buy his videos. Well, now, I mean, you should be able to, in a public place, in a this theory of uh, pu- public property, you should be able to get on public property and yell at people. I mean, I think that... Uh, what if I don't people think are trying should, to sleep, though? I don't think we should have government property. I think all property should be private, and the rules should be set by those private property owners. But uh, what's the difference if you have a bullhorn versus a, uh, you know, just a megaphone, something non-amplified that uh, just directs your voice loudly in one direction? I mean, well, really? Alex, I mean, Alex, says I agree with you. He should be able to, to falsely accuse Americans of mass murder. I agree with you. I'm not sure what your what your point is there, sir. I think Alex Jones has the right to falsely accuse of Americans of mass murder. Which Americans? For, um, the global elite, Bush, Cheney, and whatnot. He should have the right to accuse them falsely of mass murder, gotcha. killing their own people on 9 11. I'm with he you. He should have Kevin. the right to do that. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. 800 259 9231. I think he should have that right, too. I don't listen to the Alex Jones show, so I don't know anything. I don't either. I don't necessarily agree with the guy. I don't know who did 9 11, and it doesn't really matter to me. Anyway, I don't want to. I don't want to rehash that. Absolutely not. Uh, but let's get into the email, shall we? This one from Tomas. He says, "Hey, Ian and Mark, I've been listening to your show for several months. I discovered you guys while visiting Podcast Alley to look for some programming other than what I hear on the radio every day. I live in Kansas, uh, the Kansas City area, and I know that you air on AM, but I usually can't listen live at that time, so I listen to the podcast while I'm at work or during my commute." It's nice to finally find a show that shares the same interests, values, and opinions that I do. One of the issues that's very dear to me is the immigration issue. 
See, I'm a proud American of Mexican descent. Mm. I'm a little behind in listening to the shows, but recently I heard the show from July where a caller named Trish came in to call or came on the air to tell us how she's scared of the dog-eating, disease-infested, dirty Mexicans that were invading her city. Her ignorance gave me a good laugh while it stirred my emotions and absolutely made my blood boil. It's sad to know that she's not alone in regards to her opinion. So many people are diverting from the real issue, which is government, and turning it into a sentiment of hatred towards Hispanics. Right. It's a hell of a lot easier to hate the, um, the Mexicans than it is to, to wonder whether or not we're doing the right thing with our government. What really set me off, he says, was she spoke of going to the convenience store and seeing the carloads of illegal immigrants. You guys asked her, well, how can you tell they're illegals? And she replied, you can just tell. I wanted to immediately pick up the phone and call in, but of course I couldn't because it was a uh, podcast show. Mm-hmm. The stereotype is plaguing the Hispanic community. I often hear coworkers talking about their apartment buildings or neighborhoods being taken over by illegal Mexicans. And often I'm stuck biting my tongue in order to avoid a confrontation that might ultimately cost me my job. I'm a fourth-generation descendant of a Mexican immigrant. My great-grandfather came from Juarez, Mexico, and entered Texas to work in the fields. My grandfather moved to Kansas to work in the the rail yards, and my father grew up in a little shack in the rail yard and eventually went on the work uh, went on to work for the railroad. My family worked very hard to get where we are today mm-hmm. and ensure that my brother and I will have a better life. Now, the, the, take out the word Mexican and insert any other uh, nationality, and sure. you have the story of every American's family. This is how we all did it. We, they they came to this country poor, downtrodden. Socially oppressed, and America allowed them to be free. They sac- Why should we keep that away from Mexicans? He says they sacrificed to send us to parochial schools, which aren't perfect, but they're a little better than the government school system here. Then I eventually went on to attend a Catholic college as well. I feel like I've received a decent education. I consider myself fully assimilated. My skin is tan. I speak perfect English. And while I'm proud of my Mexican heritage... I speak very little Spanish. Once again, backing up all of the studies that we've ever seen on this show about um, immigrants down through the generations. Right. You know, uh, the, 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 the illegal immigrant haters out there will tell you, these people don't want to assimilate. They, got, they didn't want nothing to do with us. They hate Americans. Well, this guy's uh, fourth generation can't even speak Spanish, or at least not very well. And I'll tell you, I speak Spanish a little bit, enough to really annoy people that can speak Spanish, because mm-hmm. I'll find them wherever. I, ooh, if you look like you speak Spanish, I want to talk to you. I'm in New Hampshire. It's 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 full of lily white people. I don't have the opportunity to speak to people that speak Spanish very mm-hmm. often. So if I see somebody who can, I'll speak Spanish to them. I find people all the time that are Hispanic that don't speak Spanish. <laughs> They just don't. He says, I work at what I consider to be a professional job, and I even run my own small business, an entertainment company that offers a mobile DJ service, live bands, independent artist music promotion, and produces a weekly Tex-Mex Tejano music show on our local community radio station. That's tough work. That also backs up something we've seen uh, as far as the statistics are concerned, and that is that immigrants, or the sons or daughters of immigrants, are more likely than regular Americans to have their own business to start their own business to be entrepreneurs and that's good for the rest of us because entrepreneurs create jobs you know and the the Tejano music it's it's no different than um, you know you may or may not like it but it's no different than polka it's another form of music brought to this country that enriches us enriches us all because of you know the diversity that we've been given by the way that Mexican music is very similar to polka music because they both have accordions he says, I'm legal, so to speak, but I often, just ex- I often experience people with Trisha's you-can-just-tell attitude. 
How can one just tell that someone is a so-called illegal? Is it because their skin is tan? Is it because they speak Spanish? Is it because they might speak with an accent? Maybe it's because they can't afford a brand new car, so they're driving in a 70-something Impala. Or is it a mix and match of some of the above? They're tan skin, brown-eyed, black-haired, speak Spanish, and happen to be wearing Wrangler jeans with a cowboy shirt, boots, a Stetson hat, and a big belt buckle. I often dress this way and find I'm treated differently when I do. I happen to enjoy boots and cowboy hats. Is that a crime? I also enjoy wearing hip-hop clothing, dress business casual at work, and own a couple of tuxedos that I wear when I DJ weddings. You know, where I grew up, that's what everybody wore. Wrangler jeans and a cowboy boot and a big buckle and, and you know, the sort of western sh- shirt. I, I, I had, I, you know, why? Why he is says, that a problem? The clothing that I might have on the exterior doesn't change who I am. My family has never sucked off welfare's teat or drank from the bowl of milk that was left out on the doorstep, and Good it for him. never will. You hear that? A Mexican um, whose family came to this country and didn't take any welfare at all. And he's proud of it as well. I bet he is. I imagine... Wouldn't are, you be proud if your family yep. ever did? And I, don't I, know. I imagine that there are a lot of immigrants, both legal and illegal, that are also very proud that they're hardworking people who don't live off the teat of the state like so many regular Americans do. More on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. This is your show, and more from Tomas. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line is the live Saturday edition. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online where we have the wiki. Over 1,400 pages created by listeners just like you for free. Just go to wiki.freetalklive.com. You can edit it to your heart's content. WIKI.freetalklive.com. Are you prepared for the day the dollar drops to zero? D2Z.org proposes that day is near. Go to D2Z. And learn how to survive and thrive during the U.S. dollar crisis. That's D2Z.org. We're reading an email from a fourth generation Mexican immigrant. His name is Tomas, and his family came here. His great uh, grandfather came from Juarez, Mexico, and uh, worked in the fields in Texas. Grandfather moved to Kansas, worked in the rail yards. Father grew up in a shack in the rail yard, and his family worked very, very hard to send them to, uh, to private schools, and they managed to pull it off. Uh, and now he's uh, now he's an entrepreneur. He DJ's weddings. He works. He also works for uh, for a company. He uh, he's he's a productive member of society, as has been all of his family. In fact, he points out that his family has never taken government welfare, never. And I imagine there are a lot of other families like his out there. Uh, from the uh, from the experiences I've had meeting um, Hispanics in person and talking to them on this show. They are, they, I know, general statement here, they seem to be a very proud group of people. They're well, very proud of, uh, of their heritage. And I think very most proud people are proud of their heritage. And of I how hard they work. I don't think that you can draw any conclusions one way or the other about Mexican people. I don't think you can say they are hardworking, although they really do seem to be that way to me. Um, I don't think you can say they are lazy. I don't think you can say anything. They're honest. They're good. You can't say anything about them. But you can't make those generalizations about anyone. And that's the reason that Everyone should be free to come to this country to, in, um, to you know, to to enjoy the the fruits of their own hard work. Now, there shouldn't be 
the abilities to somebody to come to this country and suck off the government teat and take welfare. And There uh, shouldn't be a government teat. Absolutely there shouldn't. It doesn't matter whether you're from this country or not. That's what the problem is. Right. That's what the issue is. It, the fact is, everybody who thinks this, um, you know, thinks that we should keep the immigrants out is likely thinking in a socialist mindset. Mm-hmm. Because that's what we're taught these days. That we're all responsible for everybody. We're responsible for our neighbor and, and how, you know, um, the, the homeless person on the street and all those. We're not responsible for those people. We're not responsible for, an, you know, if we're not, if we're responsible for the homeless person in Kansas City, why are we responsible for the homeless person in Juarez, Mexico? Lines on a map, my friend. Lines, Lines on, on a map. map. It's crazy stuff. Yeah. He says, I know lots of so-called illegals. Some are my relatives. What they all have in common is they came here in search of work in order to try to make a better life, not for a handout. In fact, I have seen more abuse of the system from citizens than I do from immigrants. My wife, who's a third-generation Czech, is also a director of the local daycare center. The majority of her clients rely on SRS to pay for their children's daycare. I, I don't know what some, it is, but it isn't good. Sounds like a Texas uh, welfare program. He says she's, have a tea in it. she's told me stories of several of her children's parents who brag about lying on their applications, working under the table, and refusing promotions and pay increases so they can have their child care paid for by SRS. And these are regular Americans, not so-called illegal immigrants that are bragging about their welfare. Right. Americans have had the chance to be here in this uh, entitlement culture. They believe they're entitled. They've been taught since uh, they were children that, uh, well... The government will take care of you. Right on the grave. Yep. In contrast, he says we pay $130 a week for our one-year-old's care, which is with her 50% of her, which is with her 50% employee discount, while her parents pay perhaps $20 a month copay, which she continually has to pester them for in order to collect it, since they are used to having everything just handed to them. He's saying that the parents have to pay $20 to have the, their the kid the welfare for, parents right, are wel- paying that much. To watch, have their kid watched for a week. But they can barely. And the rest even, of us pay for it. Right, but they can barely even get twenty dollars out of these scumbags. He says, "What I'm trying to say is that I hope one day people like Trish and Buck, who called in after her, will wake up and fan away that smoke that's clouding up their vision. Immigration has always been an important part of who we are today as Americans. The real problem is government and its fetish of keeping people as slaves to the system. And to set the record straight, I have two cousins who are restaurant entrepreneurs here in Kansas City, and uh, dog tacos have never been part of the menu and never will be. Once again, two of his cousins, also Hispanic, restaurant." Entrepreneurs. Now, can you believe that this is a Mexican who's talking like a small government libertarian, I guess is the best way you could talk um, talk about them, but, you know, mm-hmm. many, there's been Barry Goldwater was a small government Republican. Can you believe we've been told that Mexicans are a bunch of socialists that are going to all join the Democratic Party and, you know, we're going to swirl down into a third world country. We let those people in. Don't believe that for a moment. It's not what I'm hearing. On a happier note, he says, a couple of days ago, I was at a local convenience store and was pleased to see someone had placed a Ron Paul card in several places throughout the store. I picked one up and gave it to my wife. She read it and started asking me questions about some of the issues on the card, more specifically Real ID. I explained to her what it was, and she was in shock. She's now a Ron Paul supporter, which I consider a victory since she came from a Democratic upbringing. Anyway, thanks for hearing me out. Keep up all the efforts towards spreading the message of liberty. I hope someday to be able to join the AMP program, but I've supported the show through Amazon. Hopefully, I'll be able to call in sometime. Your friend in liberty, Tomas. 
And by the way, uh, he mentions the Amazon link. That's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Great way to get the stuff that you need. 41 categories to shop in. When you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, FreeTalkLive gets a percentage of your purchase. It doesn't matter if you're one of our U.S. listeners or Canadian listeners or U.K. listeners. Or and it doesn't cost you anything more either. German listeners. Um, any of you guys can shop through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Let's go to the phones and talk to Paula in Florida. Paula, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hi, good evening, hon. Hey, what's up? Uh, there was something I wanted to talk about, this thing with Bin Laden. Okay. Uh, he really made a fool out of GW. How's that? How's that? I mean, you should have heard the men on the news. I mean, when they heard this, they said, oh, is, is there something that you know that we didn't get? Is there, is there more to this? You know, I mean, they couldn't believe that, you know, he was talking the way he was. He said that, oh, that uh, if we weren't in this war, he said, if you had done what you'd done, he said, you would have money for your housing pro- uh, problems. He's right. I mean, it just... He made a fool out of the president. We actually analyzed uh, a lot of uh, Bin Laden's speech on last night's show, and people are welcome to go and grab that at freetalklive.com. But he said a lot of very accurate things, and he said a few wrong things as well in his speech. But but, I I would say Bin Laden is more of an honest man than George W. Bush. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I've talked to some Muslims uh, down the road here that have a service station here, and they've told me quite a bit about him. Yeah, he, and they're he, from Saudi Arabia. He basically uh, just shot down all of the arguments uh, that the uh, the the zealots, the anti-terrorism zealots, put forth. You know, they claim that uh, that Bin Laden and his crew hate Christians and they want to wipe out all the Christians. Bin Laden says, well, "There's Christians right here living amongst us. There are Christians, yeah, millions of are. them, in Egypt, and we're not yeah. wiping them out." So yeah. that doesn't have anything to do with it. What it has to do with is the fact that the U.S. military and the CIA and the government is over there meddling in their country's affairs and That's you know right. destroying infrastructure and killing exactly. their friends and family members. That's why they're angry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they know what they're doing to us here too, and they don't like it. Paula, thanks and, for the call. Uh, we appreciate hearing from you. Well, as there's always. another thing you ought to know. Mm-hmm. What's okay, that? Is that in my book on the House of David, it said that if anybody messes with any descendants of David and takes them off their throne, they're going to be destroyed. Okay, I don't know what that means, and, but thanks for the call, Paula. We appreciate it. Sounds like she's writing a book now. Interesting. Very good. Interesting. Uh, maybe she'll sell it through Amazon. Because I, I certainly, I need a book on this, uh, this House of David stuff that she talks about. It's very confusing. I have no idea. Yeah. Let's go to Carl in Montreal. Carl, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello. Hey, um, I was talking to one of my friends um, about government. I remember how you mentioned, you know, how government is basically failure and, uh, you know, all the problems with government. He sent me some stuff to read. Um uh, you know, with the Bible, even though I'm not trying to endorse the Bible, but, you know, how it says that, you know, in the Bible, uh, Satan or the devil offered Jesus all the kingdoms of the world if he do an act of worship. And it, he was talking about how the devil and how these nations are, they reflect, you know, this evil personality, you know. No, I don't know. What What now? Well, um, we, sent, we sent me, talk about the uh, book of Daniel, there are four beasts coming out of the sea. First one was like a lion, the second a bear, the third a leopard. The what's the, what's the relevance had, of this old book exactly? I don't... Well, it goes on, talks about the one in Revelation, was also like a lion, a bear, a leopard, and had ten horns. And then it goes on to say how these kings will stand up from the earth and they represent political powers or empires. And how these nations receive their authority from the prince of darkness and how they oppress people and keep them divided. I think governments they... would be bad with or without the Bible around. Thanks for the call, Carl. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, it's the live Saturday edition, and there are just enough moments remaining for your call if you make it now. 
1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com, where the features are free. If you like the show, then you should AMP. Go to amp.freetalklive.com and get signed up for as little as 3 bucks a month. The idea is you send in 3 bucks a month, and we turn it around into promoting this show to getting it on more stations across the country. Uh, I mentioned we had 27 last hour. I think uh, I was wrong. It's 28 stations now. In fact, we've technically got 30 that have signed agreements with us, but the other two aren't quite on the air with us yet. It's They're not be, quite ready. It's one of them's coming, I think, in a week or so, and the next one's coming next month. So, that's good news. Um, but it's all happening because of listeners like you getting behind the show. Remember, we give away the website, all the features there, for free. Those other radio show hosts want to charge you for their sites. We give ours away for free, and then we just ask you. If you like it, pony up. Amp.freetalklive.com. You get perks, too. Like the Amp-only call-in lines, Amp-only chat room and forum. All the details at amp.freetalklive.com. It's like the Free Talk Live Mouseketeer Club. Yeah, but, but maybe a little cooler than that. Yeah, maybe maybe not the silly hats. All right, let's go to the phones and talk to Chris in Philadelphia. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello there. Hey, guys. i got a question for all the people that are anti-immigrant. Yeah. So if, if they're so willing to just illegalize Mexicans... Why don't they just illegalize the blacks because they don't want to have jobs? Well, that seems like a bit of a racist statement, sir. I mean, are you suggesting that that's actually true? Well, you know, blacks don't work and stuff. Yeah, I don't agree with that. But it's not true. I mean, I, my best friend's black. His name's Julian. He's got a job. He's a mortgage broker. Right. He's lucky. Wanna, lucky. Oh, get out of here. 800-259-9231. <laughs> I want to have racist hatred bigotry on my show. It's just so mindless. There are plenty He's not of lucky. He works hard. There, yeah, there are plenty of very hardworking black people in America, just as there are plenty of hardworking white people, just as there are plenty of welfare queen white people and plenty of welfare queen, queen black people. I mean, you can't make general statements like that. R- Rob, who works for, um, works for the show, sort of. Um, you he's know, one of our new IT guys. Yeah, he's uh, Rob in uh, Georgia. He just does a little part time work for us, but he's he's a computer guy. That's right. Yeah. And he's black. Smart. I've met him. Very yeah. black. Darn black. Yeah. Uh, hey, here's somebody who's not black. His name's Sheriff Joe Arpaio. Heard of him before? Remember him? Yeah, he's the guy who uh, has the, the tents. Tent the, City. The tent jail. Yeah, he's that guy. Yeah. But he's worse than just the tent city thing. There's much more to know about old Sheriff Joe. In fact, uh, the Phoenix New Times reports that Justin Delfino looked out the window of his Awatuki home and couldn't believe what he was seeing. It was shortly after noon, and several men dressed in black jeans and green shirts were getting out of an unmarked white suburban, casually putting on flak jackets and helmets. Soon, the men were lingering in front of his neighbor's house in the upscaled, gated subdivision of quarter-million-dollar homes. Delfino never would have guessed that he was witnessing the final preparations by the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office SWAT team, moments before it unleashed a barrage of tear gas grenades into his neighbor's home. From his vantage point inside his home, Delfino couldn't see the deputies had rolled an armored personnel carrier into the neighbor's front yard as they prepared to storm the house. He could see no readily visible insignia on any of the men, so he thought the scene was a prelude to a prank on the two men and woman who lived with a toddler across the street from his home in a two-story stucco house. He says, I thought they must be their friends. They're going to try and shoot paintballs at them, said Delfino. But soon he knew that... At what he first thought was a gag must be a, must be something deadly serious. He says, I saw one of the guys was perched and aiming a gun at the window. All of a sudden, he fires off a tear gas round into the upstairs window. I immediately called 911. I didn't know what was going on. 
Delfino says the men, who he next thought were members of a gang, continued firing tear gas canisters through the upstairs windows in front of the house. He saw others wearing flak jackets go around to the back of the house, where he heard them fire two more tear gas rounds at the upstairs back bedroom. After a few minutes on the phone with the 911 operator, he was told that the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office was surfing a search warrant on the house and not to worry. Right. They're serving a search warrant. That's why they're blowing gas canisters through the windows. Is that how they serve search warrants these days? Well, apparently Joe, Joe Arpaio's crew serves, uh, serves search warrants that way. In fact, why don't you just take a wild guess at what exactly they were there for? What was the crime that was allegedly being committed? Uh, possession of marijuana. Drugs would be a pretty educated guess, you know, based on the history of armed SWAT raids. You would be wrong, though. We'll mm. find out what the real crime was here in a moment. Delfino tells me he didn't know whether a huge gun battle was about to erupt 20 yards from his front door. No one from the sheriff's office has alerted him or had alerted him or his neighbors to evacuate. Moments later, the situation deteriorated even further when the house erupted into flames. Now the entire neighborhood of closely packed homes... This happens all the time with these tear gas canisters. Yep. I mean, they're hot. They're, they set things on fire. Oh, but the uh, sheriff's department claims it was a candle that uh, knocked over, the, the residents knocked really? over. Really? Well, often it's not. Often it's one of these uh, tear gas canisters that set the building on fire. Let's just say there's a bit of disagreement over it. Yeah, uh, I'll bet what, there is. Yeah. There probably isn't even a candle in the damn house. Moments later, the situation deteriorated further. Again, the uh, house caught fire, and there wasn't a fire truck in sight. Delfino's neighborhood would have fared much worse if it had been a gang of, or wouldn't have fared much worse if it actually had been a gang of street thugs blasting away at the house, rather than Sheriff Joe Arpaio's inept and bumbling SWAT team. In less than 30 minutes, Arpaio's special forces unleashed an unprecedented wave of violence in this quiet community. Consider this. Just after the tear gas canisters were shot, a fire erupted and destroyed a $250,000 home, plus all the contents inside. The home's occupants believe the tear gas canisters caused the fire, and the police officials say the blaze was started by a lighted candle that was knocked onto a bed during the confusion. Now, how do you get the government to check as to whether or not the government burned down your house? I mean, how are you going to get a fire marshal in there and an arson team to get to decide who it was that set up this house on fire? Even if you could get uh, the fire marshal in there, he's going to rule in the favor of Joe Arpaio because Joe Arpaio is ruling the Maricopa County area with an iron fist. We probably won't get the articles very, very long, but later on in the article it points out that Joe Arpaio is known for retaliating against uh, political opponents, retaliating against business members or uh, pr uh, private citizens who would dare speak out against his tactics. So for the fire marshal to go in and, and make the uh, declaration that it was Joe Arpaio's fault is very, very politically uh, suicidal mm. in Maricopa County. The armored personnel carrier careened down the street, by the way, and smashed into a parked car after its brakes failed. And oh in the ultimate display of cruelty, a SWAT team member drove a dog trying to flee from the home back into the inferno where it met an agonizing death. Deputies reportedly laughed as the dog's owners came unglued as it perished in the blaze. You know, this is another thing that uh, these SWAT teams do all the time, is they kill the dog. I'm mm -hmm. not sure why it is, but, you know, they come in. It doesn't even matter if because they've got they the right, can, the right address sick. or anything like that. And they kill the pe people's dog. Andrea Barker, one of the dog's owners, says, I was crying hysterically. I was upset, and they were laughing at me. 
Making fun of the 10-month-old Pitbull puppy's death wasn't enough, though. Arpaio's goons then left the dog's body to rot in the ashes for the next five days of 105-degree temperatures. A pall of death hung over the neighborhood. It was a putrid reminder of Arpaio's reckless use of force and callous disregard for the public's welfare, not to mention the heinous treatment toward the terrified dog. And what did Arpaio's crack SWAT team net from the raid that left a needless trail of death and destruction? Well, the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office, or MCSO, stormed the house, believing there was a cache of stolen automatic weapons and armor-piercing ammunition. But they got bushwhacked. Instead of finding weapons of mass destruction, they discovered an antique shotgun and a 9mm pistol that both appear to be legal weapons. There was no sign of the cop-killer bullets. Perhaps they're buried somewhere out in the desert with Saddam's plutonium. Given the overwhelming display of force uh, deployed by Arpaio's deputies, one would have expected the arrest of a mass murderer. Instead, the crack SWAT team nabbed 26-year-old Eric Cush. And let me tell you, Cush is a really bad, bad guy. You see, he was wanted on a misdemeanor warrant for a failing to appear in Tempe Municipal Court on a couple of traffic citations. So they burned these people's house down, killed their dog over some traffic citations. That is correct, sir. We need to get rid of these SWAT teams. They do nothing to keep us safe. These SWAT teams endanger everyday Americans um, just by their very existence. What does a SWAT team do to keep you safe? They just seem to raid people's homes for, you know, silliest things like marijuana and, uh, I mean, they're used 40,000 times a year. Marijuana's all over America. It's not endangering anyone. It's the largest crap, uh, excuse me, uh, cash crop in America. They just want whatever excuse they can. They just love putting on their their uh, black mask. That's really what it is. It's all about these boys in the police department getting to play with their toys that they got handed hand-me-down toys from the military. Mm-hmm. They want to be able to get in the APC. They want to be able to fire off the AR-14s. They want to have their MP3s. They want to do this whole black ops raid thing just like their heroes in the Army. Yep. Well... They're uh, a, a military force being used against us, America, not against some other country that's an, uh, affecting our freedoms. There's no reason why they couldn't have waited with two cops in a car down the street until this guy went to the store or something like that or went to work and pulled him over at that time and then, you know, arrested him or did what they felt like they needed to do. Mm-hmm. This was completely unnecessary, a completely unnecessary show of force, and so typical of the way this country has become. This law enforcement attitude that is just resulting in the destruction of property and the destruction of your liberties. We'll see you Monday night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Have a great weekend. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.